I hear the deer before I see him, though he makes less noise than a squirrel. The gentle crunch of snow, a snapping twig, the soft wolf as he roots around for dead grass. I can hardly believe my luck. As quietly as falling snow, I raise the butt of my daddy's hawking rifle to my shoulder and peer down the muzzle. A crisscross of branches narrows my view. The deer must be allowed to wander into my sights, but that's all right. I am patient. I am a ghost. I've tucked myself into a deadfall, the result of an ancient dying oak looming above me. Snow fills the cracks between branches, creating a barrier to the wind. I can barely see out, but I'm almost warm. The snow around me clinks and tinkles like bells, melting in the early morning warm snap. The hem of my skirt and the petticoats underneath are ragged and soaked. If the girls at school saw me now, I'd hear no end of it. But it doesn't matter. We have to eat. Which means I have to make this shot. If only I could conjure up fresh game whenever we needed. Now that would be a useful magic. Finally, a deep, tawny chest and a white throat slide into view. He bends a black nose to the ground, and I glimpse tall, curving antlers, at least three points on each side. His neck is long and elegant, feathered with winter fur. He's so close I can almost see the pulse at his neck. A beautiful animal. I pull on the rear trigger. Soft, steady pressure just like Daddy taught me. The click as it sets is barely audible, but the buck's head shoots up. I refuse to breathe. I am patient. I am a ghost. He takes a single dancing step, nose twitching. But I'm downwind, and after a moment, he returns to grazing. I shift my finger to the hair trigger. The deadfall blocks my view of his skull, so I aim for the lungs. It will only take the slightest pressure now, the effort of an exhale. Church bells clang. The buck startles a split second before my gun cracks the air. He crumples, flails in the snow, scrambles to his feet and darts away, tail sprung high. Blast! I rip off the ramrod from the barrel as I plunge through the windfall. In good conditions, I can load and shoot again in less than half a minute. Though my fingers are chilled, I might still bag him if I'm quick. Of course, I wouldn't need to reload if someone was hunting with me, ready with a second shot. Everything's harder when you do it alone. I'm reaching into my satchel for my powder horn when crimson catches my eye. Bright red, sinking wet and warm into the snow. He left a puddle where he fell, and a trail of lighter drops to show me the way. I flanked him good. I follow at a brisk walk, loading as I go. First gunpowder, then a ball nestled in paper wadding, all shoved down the barrel with my ramrod. I won't waste another shot on the deer, but there's a big catamount been prowling these hills. In a winter this mild, the scent of fresh blood might even draw a bear. It's not quite the hungering time, when a critter that's naught but fur and fangs and ribs will attack a near-grown girl, but I'll take no chances. The trail veers sharply to the right. I pass a bloody depression in the snow where the deer's legs must have buckled again. I stop to load the cap and rotate the hammer carefully into place. Then I lift my skirt and petticoats with my free hand and run, smooth as I can so as not to jostle my gun. I have to reach that deer before anything else does. 
Never bring home meat that's already been ate on, Daddy always says. The blood trail plunges down a steep bank, thick with young birches. Crimson smears darken their white trunks. My wounded deer is heading toward the Macaulay claim, where Jefferson lives with his good-for-nothing dad. No sense paying a visit after my hunt, because they're certainly not home. Jeff's dad attends church every single Sunday, no matter what, on the misguided notion that regular bench sitting makes him decent. The slope ends at a shallow but swift creek. The water's edge glitters with ice, but the creek's center runs clear and clean. My boots are well-oiled. If I'm quick, I can cross before the water seeps into my stockings. I hitch my skirt and petticoats higher and plunge in. Midway across, I freeze. The gold scent sparks in the back of my throat, sharp and hard. It creeps down my throat and into my chest, where it diffuses into a steady buzz, like dancing locusts. My stomach heaves once, but I swallow against the nausea. We don't have enough food in the cellar for me to go wasting a meal. I force my belly to relax, to embrace the sensation. Best to let it wash over me, through me. Allow it to settle in like an old friend come to stay. It's only bad like this the first time I'm near something big. A nugget, usually, but sometimes a large vein, 